And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. Is this your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler. self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the savvy Lisa Wolf. In this hour, we'll present a 1943 classic radio episode of The Great Gildersleeve starring Hal Perry. But first, it's Name That Tune. Lisa Wolf Cullen will play short clips from popular songs. And a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Troy and I will try to name that Tom Petty song, right? That's right. We've got Troy on the phone from Minnesota. Hello, Troy. Hi, Troy. Hi, how are you? Uh, how are you guys doing this evening? We're great. We're- how are you, Troy? Not bad. All I've been right. uh, well, enjoying the uh, radio show so far. So. Uh, Excellent. Well, it should be even a little bit better. We're glad that you called in and glad that you made it through. This is all about Tom Petty. He was the lead vocalist and guitarist of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, which was formed in 1976. And he died of an accidental drug overdose in October of 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we know and love so many of his songs, so we will celebrate them tonight. Right, how's this going to work? Um, it's going to work that I will play a clip from a Tom Petty song, and as soon as you recognize the title, just shout it out, and I've got my uh, sight set on uh, Troy for this one. Troy, okay, you you good with the rules? We just shout it out as soon as we know the title. Sounds like a winner. I just said All that. Right. Okay. I Here just we wanted go. to be perfectly clear. Oh, I think we're clear, aren't we, Troy? I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Because okay. Lisa's been drinking Roma wines tonight, and I just want to make sure Carl she doesn't mess up. just likes to repeat everything I say. He thinks it sounds better when She's, he says it. It's like, hey, it's Troy, I'm drinking a little bit of Roma wines over He's here. wrong. <laughs> All right, here's the first song. Um, it goes back to 1989. Free falling. Yes, free falling. That's exactly right. Way to go, Troy. This is from the album Full Moon River. It was also featured in the film Jerry Maguire. Was it? Uh, Yep, and in the Sopranos, uh, some of the Sopranos episodes. Yeah? Yep, season two. You had me at hello. (laughs) Yep. Great tune. Great one. All right, Troy's on the board. All right, this next song was released in 1985. Uh, I'm giving up. Don't come around here no more. Yes, he's got it. (laughs) Carl is like stumped here. That is exactly right. The title is Don't Come Around Here No More. This was written by Tom Petty, and it was released in 85 as the lead single from his album, Southern Accents. 
Don't come, come around, around here, here no more. more. <laughs> Way to go, Troy. I think we got the right caller. What do you think, Troy? Yeah, yeah I think so. <laughs> All right, this next song was released in 1981. My favorite. Oh, I believe this is the uh, waiting is the yes, hardest part. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> it's called The Waiting, and it's from the album Hard Promises, and it was number 19 on the charts. I'm getting whitewashed over yes, here. You Troy are. has got me three to nothing. Troy, I am happy. Oh, man. Here it is. The waiting is the hardest part. Troy. All right, we're gonna keep going, Troy. Here we go. Maybe Me Troy. Too. Maybe Troy was one of the heartbreakers. Maybe, Were you? Maybe he was one of the you know one of the guitar players. Maybe he players just is a heartbreaker. Maybe. <laughs> no, no, I no, I was not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't believe you. <laughs> uh, All right, I this, gotta get one here. Let's uh, see. Well, Troy, let's just not let that happen, okay? <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Nine, <laughs> 1980. Here it is. Carl looks confused. Um, <laughs> um, oh, wait a minute. This is Refugee. Yes! Refugee! <laughs> oh, darn! I knew this one. This is Refugee, released in 1980 from their album Damn the Torpedoes, number ah, 15 on the chart. I know this Here one. Here it is. You know, this guy, Tom Petty, he had some, he had a lot of hits. hits. He had a lot of hits. But I will tell you, Troy, that Carl mentioned uh, right before we started that he really was a big fan of Tom Petty. And he knows all the songs, so he felt like he was going to do really well. I thought I would. So I'm so happy that you called in, just letting you know. Four to nothing here. (laughs) All right, next song released. getting creamed. (laughs) 1989. Oh, I won't back down. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely right. I won't back down. This is from his first solo album, Full Moon River, reached number... I'm, I'm sorry, Full Moon Fever, reached at number 12. And I won't back down. Right, so it's All five right. to nothing. So here's the last one. Guess uh, what? It's a Tom Petty tie. song. I can't even tie. <laughs> okay. Uh, 1982. Let's do this, Troy. You better watch what you say. Uh, you got lucky. <laughs> that is right. That is right. I'm so happy. This is from the album Long After Dark, number 20 on the charts, 1982. You, know, you got lucky. Here's the only thing, Troy. <laughs> so there's all. I always try to find the silver lining, right? 
in everything. Okay? Are you? <laughs> and so I was so sure that I was going to do great at this because I'm a big Tom Petty fan that if Lisa would have bet me, I would have said, I'll bet, I'll, I'll bet you, right, that I'm going to get, I'm going to win or I'm going to get most of them right. Sure, you so, would have. Absolutely. I didn't bet Lisa, so I didn't lose any money. So that's, that's just, the silver lining. Right, but you just lost me. a little, you know, a little piece of your soul there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't lose well, maybe, money. Maybe you were a, a, little, a confident call. Yeah, I, well, you know, I, you're right because I love, down a few pegs, I love Tom <laughs> Petty so much that I thought I for sure would win. Right. I didn't get any. That's right. Can you imagine if she would have said, all right, you're not... Whoever calls is going to get all of them. You're not going to get any. I'd be like, I'll give you odds, 100 to 1. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> so that's the silver lining, my Fantastic, friend. Fantastic, Troy. Great Way job. It's great Troy. to have you on the on the air with us. Wow. Wow. Sure. All right. Yeah, well, uh, I'm going to send you. Me. You're welcome. It was great having you. I'm going to send you a four-CD set of the Twilight Zone radio dramas for uh, you playing the game and doing so great. Um, tr- and call Sounds back good. again, okay? Call back again. Give me a chance to <laughs> to get one right at least. Uh, next or not. Time. Sure. Or not. <laughs> have a great one, Troy. Thank you, buddy. You too. You guys have a nice evening. Thanks, Bye-bye. you too. When we come back, it's the Great Gildersleeve starring Hal Perry. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Man, I got creamed by Troy there. He creamed me. He creamed you. He, I mean, like, I didn't even have a chance. Well, we got the right caller on the phone. And I am a, I mean, I know Tom Petty. I, I mean, I have all do. his records. Well, not records anymore. <laughs> I have his CDs. I'm a huge Tom Petty. Yeah. Tom, what did I say? Fetty? Tom Petty uh, fan. I think you might be uh, having to say, too many fit. sips of wine over there. I'm going to that ro- <laughs> robo-wise over there. Um, way to go, Troy. Right. Man, he was great. All right. You know who else is great? The great, great Gildersleeve. Gildersleeve. Hal Perry stars as Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve on here. And, uh, you know, uh, this was radio's first spinoff. We've talked about it before. Gildersleeve was a character on Fibber McGee and Molly. And a very popular character. And um, the writers of the show just thought, hey, this is perfect. Let's let's have two shows. We have Fibber McGee and Molly, and let's have another show, The Great Gildersleeve. And that's exactly what they did. They spun out that that character into his own show. And the, um, the character of Gildersleeve moved from Wistful Vista to a new town, Summerfield, and set about to raising his nephew and niece, they were orphans, and he ra- so he was this you know single dad really raising these kids, and he had a maid named Birdie, and he had friends of course, and then he became the town water commissioner, and his whole it was kind of interesting because the whole s- series, which was on many many years, he never got married, but he was quite the uh, eligible bachelor. He had lots of girlfriends on the show, um, never settled down though, and then that moved to television. So there was a TV series as well. This TV series, not so good, Lisa. But the radio, fantastic. Let's go back to September 26, 1943. One of his girlfriends, Leela, is back in town. Here's part one of The Great Gildersleeve. Kraft presents The Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> yeah. 
Kraft Cheese Company will also bring you Bing Crosby every Thursday night. Present each week at this time, Harold Perry as The Great Gildersleeve, written by John Whedon and Sam Moore. Let's see what's happening to the great Gildersleeve. Well, tonight our hero has taken another step forward in his public career in Summerfield. He's been elected to fill a vacancy on the school board. And having attended his first meeting, he and Judge Hooker are escorting Miss Goodwin, the grammar school principal, to her home. Well, it's been so nice of you gentlemen to see me home. The pleasure, Miss Goodwin, was all ours. You're sure I couldn't persuade you to come in for a moment? Why, I Well, be... the judge has to be getting home, I'm afraid. Busy day tomorrow, eh, Judge? Well, I don't know if you... Yes, the law is a stern mistress, a stern mistress. All those briefs to read, decisions to hand down, bills to collect. Not much time for play, is there, Judge? No, the law's demands are pretty heavy. But as it happens... So if you don't mind, Miss Goodwin, I think perhaps we'd better say goodnight. Perhaps another time? Well, now, wait a minute. I don't know about you, Gildy, but personally, I should be delighted another to... Another time, perhaps, Judge. <laughs> All right, I can take a hint. I was beginning to wonder. Miss Goodwin, this has been most pleasant. I enjoyed your story so much, Judge. You must tell me more sometime. Yeah. Well, one has many amusing experiences in the law. I remember one particular case involving litigation over a dog. Another time, Judge. <laughs> oh, quite so, quite so. Good night, Miss Goodwin. Good night, Judge Hooker. Good night, Judge. Good night. Gildy. What is it, Judge? Did I tell you that Leela Ransom is arriving tomorrow? Yes, you did. Several times. Now, good night. Good night. <laughs> I'm sorry you haven't time to come in, Mr. Gildersleeve. Won't you at least sit down here on the porch for a moment? Oh, thank you. Uh, just for a moment. <laughs> you know, I envy you, Mr. Gildersleeve. Me? Uh, why would anybody envy me? I envy you your career. If I were a man, I can't think of anything that would be more exciting and more rewarding than a career of public service. Well, mine isn't much of a career, just water commissioner. Oh, but... Of course, you... the department did operate at a profit last year for the first time. <laughs> yes, and that's only the beginning. It's only a stepping stone. Oh, you think so? I'm sure of it. Why, just think, already you're a member of the school board. That's quite an honor, you know. Yeah, Gonna have to be some changes there, too. Last year, the water department. This year, the school board. Next year? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? With the right guidance and encouragement, there's no telling how far you might go. Uh, Miss Goodwin. Yes, Mr. Gildersleeve. You're a woman. You've been around. You've had experience. Let's just say that I'm a woman. <laughs> Well, I'd like to ask your advice. Do you feel that marriage helps a man's career or hinders it? Oh, I think it's a great help to it, definitely. After all, nearly every great man in history has had a woman behind him. Well, I was asking this advice on behalf of a friend. Oh, this is a friend? Yes, a friend. Well, I've known him for quite a long time, too. He's a... Well, he happens to be in public office, too. Only in another town. I see... Not married. No, that's the point. He happens to be about my age, and he lives alone with his niece and nephew. <laughs> he was wondering whether he ought to get married. 
You mean he's uh, met someone? Oh, yes. He's taken quite a fancy to a certain young lady who moved to this town he lives in. Oh. Well, tell me, what is she like? Well, she's, uh... Is she attractive? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, she interests me, this, um, friend of your friend's. Uh, tell me more about her. Well, she's young. Uh, not too young, but just about right. Yes, go on. The only thing is, she happens to be a widow. Oh. Yes, they were very close there for a while, as I understand it. But then she left town. Now she's coming back, and the question is, well, should he or shouldn't he? <sighs> Mr. Gildersleeve, I wonder if your friend has ever read a book called Of Human Bondage. Well, he's a pretty busy fellow. I don't think he gets time to do much reading. <laughs> you recall it yourself, though, of course. Oh, yes, yes, fine book. <laughs> and so true to life. Yeah, I must read it again. Uh, but about my you friend... You remember it was the story of a man, a really splendid man, who fell in love with a girl who was beneath him, and how she dragged him down and ruined his career. Say, didn't they make a movie of it? Oh, yes, with Betty Davis. Come to think of it, my friend saw it. <laughs> then you, uh, you might just remind him of it. I'll do that. What he should ask himself is, can this woman really give him the things he wants in a wife? Is she fitted intellectually to be a suitable partner to him as he goes on to... Higher things. Well, I don't know that she's so much on intellect, but then my friend is very broad-minded. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, I think he might be wise to keep their relationship on a, on a platonic basis for a while. Platonic? Yes, he hasn't tried that. <laughs> yes, at least until he's sure. Of course, I'm speaking only as a woman, but... You asked my opinion, and there it is. Miss Goodwin, I'll do that. I'll tell my friend they ought to be more platonic. That might solve a lot of things. Yes. And now, if you'll excuse me, I have a rather early day tomorrow. Yeah, I know. I've kept you too late. I don't know how to thank you. And my friend doesn't know how to thank you either. <laughs> Not at all, Mr. Gildersleeve. Uh, Miss Goodwin, before I go... Yes? I'll tell you a secret, if you won't tell anybody. A secret? Yes. I haven't any friend. The friend is me. Why, Mr. Gildersleeve. Yeah, good night. All right, Bertie, he's out. Coming right up. Well, good morning, all. Hi, Unc. I'm well, thank you, Leroy. And you? Get him. Your usual self, I see. Marjorie, have you got a kiss for your old uncle this fine and glorious morning? Of course I have. Mmm. Mmm. Uh. <laughs> Look at your cheek. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, here, let me wipe it off. Marjorie, I've spoken to you about that. Oh, but Uncle Darling, all the kids use lipstick. I know, I don't expect to be obeyed, but I do think you might ration yourself a little. <laughs> That's nothing. You ought to see Wally Hoff after they've been to the movies together. It looks like he's got scarlet fever. Leroy, that's not true. Oh, yeah, look at her blush. You, you made that up. Now, Leroy. He just made that up to be funny. Now, children, let's not start the day with any arguments. It's a fine morning, and besides, I have some good news for you. Anyway, I wouldn't kiss Wally Hoff if he were the last man on earth. Oh, yeah? Then what are you always hanging around with him for? If you two would listen a moment. Because I happen to like the way he plays piano. Is there anything wrong with that? A likely story. Can a, can a man and woman just be... Friends, for goodness sake? Of course they can. Leroy, eat your prunes. I ate them. Then eat something else. <laughs> and stop teasing your sister. 
She says her friendship with Wally is platonic. I, for one, am prepared to take her word for it. Thank you, Uncle Mort. Platonic? What's that? Platonic? Well, it uh, comes from the Greek word, uh... Uh, well, there was this old Greek named Plato uh, A historian, wasn't he, Marjorie? Philosopher Well, a philosopher, too Anyway, he was a great authority on uh, Greek So that's where we get the word platonic Oh, yeah But what does it mean? Uh, well, it means when a man and a woman are friends uh, that is, it means, uh, uh, what would you say it means, Marjorie? Well, it means... It means no monkey business. Now eat your breakfast. <laughs> good morning, Mr. Gilson. Uh, good morning, Bertie. You can take this dish if you want. I'm through. Yes, sir. Here's a bill, Mr. Gilsey. Bill? What's this? The cleaner. He finally brought your pants back. What pants? The ones you spilled the tomato surprise on the lap of. Oh, well, it's about time. By the way, Bertie, no more paper plates. No, sir. Picnic or no picnic, you understand? I ain't bought a one, Mr. Gillsleeve, not since the tomato surprise. Good. Not me, not anymore, not after you told me, no, sir. Good. Picnic or no picnic, I ain't buying no paper plates, and that's fine. <laughs> Bertie, another thing, tell the cleaner to submit his bills monthly hereafter. Monthly? Yes, tell him I expect to be a very busy man from now on. I don't want to be pestered with a lot of odds and ends of bills. Just send me one, one a month. Yeah. You understand? Yes, sir. But, Mr. Gilsey... Yes, Bertie? The man's waiting out there for his money. Let him wait. I waited three weeks for my pants. <laughs> Why do you expect to be so busy, Uncle Moore? Well, it might just possibly interest you children to know that your uncle was elected to the school board last night. You were? Leroy, did you hear that? Uncle Moore's been elected to the school board. Isn't that wonderful? How much does it pay? It's... <laughs> <laughs> How much does it pay, Lisa? That's, That's always he... my first question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're listening to the Great Gildersleeve. There's a reason why they called him the Great Gildersleeve, because he was great. I love this series, and my brother Vince can't stand this series, you know? Well, maybe he just says that because you love it. Like he says, I like listening to your show, Carl, but when you play the Great Gildersleeve, I'm I turn I'm it done. on. But I can't understand it because I love this show. We always have people like that. You know, everybody's got their preferences. It's yeah, okay. I guess. We're listening <laughs> guess. to uh, September 26th, 1943 episode. We'll get back to it after this short break. Hi, Carl Amari here. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, Suspense, and Burns and & Allen, consider becoming a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, members receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows in superior sound quality, along with historical liner notes and photos of the radio stars. The 10 shows I'll send you will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. Members also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. The digital links never expire, so you can listen to Hollywood 360 and Radio Rarities whenever you'd like. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. And when you join the Classic Radio Club, there's no long-term commitment. You can cancel at any time. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. 
Yeah, you know, Adam West right there just said it. He said it best. The best in classic radio. That's what we're all about. We are all about quality entertainment, family-friendly entertainment, and the best sound quality. I have uh, spent 40 years licensing these classic radio shows from the owners and estates, like George Burns and uh, the Jack Benny estate and so many others, Abbott and Costello estate. This particular show we're listening to, if you listen, it's like right off the, it's right off the disc. And we're all about quality with what we play on the air here, and especially with what we provide to our classic radio club members. Now, we have a club. We started it three or almost four years ago now, and it's a really great club. It's called the Classic Radio Club. Go uh, visit uh, the website, classicradioclub.com. And every single month, I'll choose 10 of the greatest quality shows. So it sounds like this Gildersleeve show or even better. And we, um, we send them out to people on five CDs in a collector case. Or if they don't want CDs, if our members don't want CDs, we will send them via digital download in their email. There's also a booklet that we put together that we spend a lot of time writing the, uh, the liner notes on every show very detailed who the cast members are, the original broadcast date. We also find a photo from that era. Sometimes it's actually them behind the microphones doing the show, like with Hal Perry. You know, on this particular episode, we would have a picture of him at the NBC studios by the microphone. And we put that in the booklet as well. So we really go way, way out. We do a really great job. And I mean, we have a bunch of people that work on this, including Mike and Carl uh, Carl Shadow, and then uh, John, who does the duplication. I mean, we have some really great, talented people that work on this. And uh, everyone gets these shows every single month. You also get the full podcast of our program, Hollywood 360, as part of your membership. You get that sent to you as part of the membership. So there's a lot of great things. And you'll never get a duplicate show. And you'll and, and if you get the links, the digital download links, they never expire. And this makes a great gift. And uh, Lisa and I were talking about this last week. You know, Christmas is right around the corner, Hanukkah also. And this makes such a great gift because every single month, the person you give this to will remember that, oh, you know, my daughter or my grandfather or whoever got me this gift. It's a great gift. So uh, hopefully you'll get it for yourself or give a uh, membership to a, to a, a, a relative, friend. right? Friend or relative, right, Lisa? Lisa gets these via digital download. I sure do. And Mike gets the CD sets. Yes, he does. And so do I. <laughs> <laughs> but folks, uh, check it all out. Go to ClassicRadioClub.com. You get a lot for not a lot of money. It's true. ClassicRadioClub.com. All right, let's listen now to the conclusion of this very funny and entertaining episode of The Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> Leroy, it doesn't pay anything. The position is purely honorary. You mean you don't do anything? Of course we do things. We do a great deal. What? Well, we meet from time to time. How often? As often as necessary. Uh, what do you do? Well, we... How do I know? We pass on things. We make suggestions. As a matter of fact, I believe we even hire the teachers. Can you fire them, too? Leroy, I know what you're thinking, and it won't work. <laughs> anything up. There'll be no special favors for you. You'll work just as hard as anybody, young man, and even harder. Have you done your homework for today? Yes. Have you practiced your music? Bertie was dusting the piano. If 
Well, go practice. Okay. From now on, we're going to have things done on the dot around here. I'm not going to have time for any more nonsense. Uh, if I have to listen to much more of that. I'll go, Unc. It's the postman. Let Bertie go. You stick to your lessons. See if you can improve a little. I'm doing all right. You're just barely holding your own. Uh, just put it on the table, Bertie. My goodness, the postmark's from Savannah, Georgia. Uh-oh. Well, who do I know in Savannah, Georgia? <laughs> I wonder. Uh, uh, Mr. Gillsleeve, didn't Miss Ransom come from Savannah, Georgia? Uh, that I couldn't say, Bertie. Just leave it there, will you? Yes, sir. If it's from her, I won't read it. You'd like me to open it and find out? No. Because it's from her, I'm just not interested, that's all. I made up my mind that now on... Everything between us is going to be strictly platonic. Strictly. I think you're right. Maybe the best thing to do is burn it. Uh, now, hold on, my dear. It might not be from her, either. Come to think of it, I believe there was a classmate of mine in college who used to come from Savannah. Yeah. Smith, his name was, or something like that. Uh, yeah, Smith. Uh, George Smith. Uh, Butch, we used to call him. Yeah. Might be from Butch. Uh, give it here, my dear. Just as I thought, Butch. <laughs> Let's see what he says. My darling Throckmorton, just a line to say that I'm coming back to Summerfield. I may even get there before this does. What does he say? Huh? Um, says he may be coming to town one of these days. Oh, really? Uh, let's see. He goes on here. I don't suppose you can ever really forgive poor Leela for what she has done to you. I don't ask that. All I ask is that if we should chance to meet anywhere, you give me your hand and believe that I am, as ever, your friend, Leela. Good old Butch. By George, I'll be glad to see him again. Get back to the great Gildersleeve. He hasn't been able to get his mind on his work today for some reason, possibly because of a sleepless night spent tossing from pillow to pillow and post to post. Determined not to lie awake again tonight, he drops in at Peavy's drugstore in mid-afternoon. Well, hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. Why don't you put a stopper on that door, Peavy, so it won't bang? You must be a little on edge. You never noticed it before. <laughs> How long has it been that way? Every summer for 23 years? Yes, sir, 1920 was the year I bought that screen door. Never mind, P.B. Before that, I, I just had flypaper. <laughs> Let it go. Have you got a good, reliable sleeping powder? Hmm. Insomnia? No, I want it for a hangnail. <laughs> well, now, I had one customer who used to take sleeping powders because he liked the taste, but he overdid it. Did it kill him? No, but he became quite a somnambulist. So let's not rush into this. Uh, P.B., I'll bet you never rushed in anything in your whole life. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I've done some pretty hasty things in my time. Oh, you have? Yes. To mention only one, that's Mrs. P.B. <laughs> the minute I laid eyes on her, at that time she was Miss Horsefall. They... <laughs> 
The minute I laid eyes on her, I said to myself, there's the girl I'm going to marry. You did? Mm-hmm. Of course, I didn't ask her till five years later. <laughs> Peavy. Uh, about the sleeping parlors, Mr. Gildersleeve, uh, maybe a simple home remedy would be just as effective. Have you tried hot milk? I want something stronger. I can't stand another night like last night. Ooh, have you had a number of them, or was this the first? This was the first, but I wanted to be the last. Uh, the reason I ask is a lot of insomnia is in the mind, Mr. Gildersleeve. Uh, anything been worrying you? No. You're not nervous about anything? No. You haven't had any bad news lately? No. PBI came here for a sedative. If I want to be psychoanalyzed, I'll go to a chiropractor. <laughs> You see something? Wait a minute, Peavy. Quiet. Didn't I hear a train? Oh, the 419, I guess. Yeah, right on time. 419? Oh, I've got to go. Expecting someone on it? No, that is not exactly. I just like trains. Uh, what do you do? Go down to the station and wave at them? <laughs> I'm not going to the station, Peavy. I'm going home. Well, you won't find the train there. So I know it. <laughs> Where you can practice Well, if you'd like to move the piano upstairs All right Well, you want me to practice, don't you? I suppose so What are you looking at, huh? Something going on next door? No, nothing at all Then what are you staring out the window for? You watching for somebody? You just watch your little music So Sunk, walking up and down? That piece would make anybody nervous. <laughs> Why don't you learn to play something good? Something by Bach or Beethoven. Who wrote that anyway? Bach. Must have been. <laughs> must have been one of his bad days, then. What do you want, Unc? Something more like this? Leroy. That'll conclude your piano lesson for today, young man. Hooray! Now, leave me alone, will you? I'm going to try to get a little nap here on the couch before dinner. Okay, Unc. Sweet dreams. Hey! What? There's a taxi pulling up. No, it's stopping next door. Hey, you better come and look, Unc. What goes on next door does not concern me in the least, Leroy. Besides, I've told you time and again, it's distinctly bad manners to pry into other people's business. What do you see? <laughs> Somebody's getting out. Hey, it's the old ghost. You mean it's Judge Hooker. Is there anybody with him? Wait a minute. Yeah. Leroy, I asked you a question. It's her, Unc. It's Mrs. Ransom. Oh, that's all. Mrs. Ransom, huh? <laughs> How does she look? They're going up the walk now. She's holding on to the judge's arm. Leroy, how does she look? I don't know. Why don't you come here and take a look for yourself? What do you think I am, a peeping Tom? <laughs> 
Anyway, it's nothing to me. You better hurry. They're going inside. <laughs> Where? Oh, you missed them. Why didn't you get out of the way? Well, gosh, you don't have to knock me down. All right, if you can't keep your eyes open, make room for somebody who can. I can't stand this. What the devil is Hooker doing over there so long? Did you say something, Mr. Gillsleeve? Uh, I'm just talking to myself, Bertie. <laughs> I'm going out for a minute. But, Mr. Gillsleeve, supper's almost ready. Don't worry. I'll be back for supper. It'll be ready in five minutes. I'll be back in less than that. Uh-huh. I will, too. Uh, I've just come to a quick understanding with Leela. Get the thing settled once and for all. Maybe I can get a night's sleep. Get everything straight right at the start. Well, hello, Gildy. What's the idea of hanging around here, Hooker? Don't you know when to go home? I think I do. I've seen no evidence that Mrs. Ransom is bored with my company. Where is she? She's gone upstairs to get some papers for me. Well, you might as well come in. Don't worry. I'm coming in, all right. What have you been up to all this time, anyway? Well, we had a lot of things to talk about. What, for instance? What do you care? I don't. All I want is an understanding with Leela. From now on, she and I are going to be on a strictly platonic basis. I want to make that plain to her. No. How is she, Horace? As beautiful as ever. Oh. What's she going to do? What are her plans? She's going to stay here. Live here. Hooker, did she say anything about me? Not that I remember. She must have said something. No. Oh, yes. She asked if you'd been lonesome during the summer. What did you say? Did you say anything about Miss... What's her name? Miss Goodwin? Shh. Well, what would you care if you and Leela are going to be so platonic? Well, wouldn't want to make her feel bad, you old goat. If you... Oh. Here she comes. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice to see you again. Yeah. Uh, nice to see you, Leela. Can't we all sit down? Yeah, why not? I thought you were going, Judge, as soon as you got the papers. No hurry, no hurry. Yeah, like old home week, huh, Leela? Yes, Horace. Uh, here are the papers. Thank you. Uh, you're looking well, Leela. Oh, not really. But you're looking well, Throckmorton. Uh, feel pretty well. Well... <laughs> uh. Rocking chair still squeaks, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah. Yes, I'd better be running along. Oh, must you, must Horace? You, Horace? Uh, well. <laughs> yes, I'm afraid he must. Goodbye, Judge. <laughs> Goodbye. I'll call you tomorrow, Leela. Oh, thank you. You've been a good friend to me in my time of trouble, Horace. You can count on me. Bye, Gildy. Goodbye. Good night, Horace. Good night, gracious lady. I kiss your hand, madame. Go home, hooker. <laughs> well? Well, here we are. <laughs> Everything's so changed, isn't it? You look different, Leela. Do I? Well, I guess it's the uh, black dress. I'm in mourning, Throckmorton. It's true, then. Beauregard is... Yes. Positively? <laughs> I buried him, Throckmorton. He was a fine man. I'm sure he was. Leela, 
I wanted to say something about our... Oh, Throckmorton, you have no idea how Beauregard had changed. He was a different man. I declare he was. Well, how do you mean? He came back because he needed me. He never needed me before. Oh. And all these last few months before he... Yes, yes. He was so sweet and sympathetic and thoughtful. He was wonderful. Yes. Well, about us, Leela, I just wanted to I say... I always told you Beauregard was a gentleman, Throckmorton. Yes, Leela, you always did. Uh, where did you live all summer? On my family's place down south. It's just a plantation. Was Beauregard, Beauregard practicing law down there? Oh, mercy, no. He wasn't doing anything. Nothing but just be sweet to me. Did he have any money? Oh, no, Beauregard never had a penny, the poor lion. But he was such a handsome man. Didn't you think he was handsome, Throckmorton? I thought he looked like a gigolo. Well... And I was right, living off your family. Throckmorton, I will not have you talk that way about Beauregard. But, Leela... No one ever understood poor Beauregard but me. No one. Now, Leela, I didn't mean... I knew the real Beauregard. No one else did. But he must have been a fine man, or you wouldn't have married him, Leela. Oh, he was. He truly was. There, there, Leela. Uh, here. Here, take my handkerchief. Oh, thank you, darling. <laughs> You're the only man in the world as thoughtful as Beauregard was. Oh, I'm not thoughtful. Oh, yes, you are. You're sweet. Uh, Leela, I want to get things settled between us. We... Oh, please, Throckmorton, if you knew what I've been through. Such a tragedy for poor Beauregard, a man who was so fond of animals. What are you talking about, Leela? Why, if he ever saw anyone mistreating a dog or a horse or a cat, he was furious. That's what made it so sad. What, Leela? Beauregard's passing. Well, how did he uh, go, Leela? He was kicked in the head by a mule. <laughs> <laughs> well, we never know where it's going to come from, do we? Five weeks ago today. Oh, you poor girl. There, there. Have a good cry on Throckmorton's shoulder. Oh, you're so sweet. Uh, so are you. <laughs> uh, what was it you've been trying to tell me, Throckmorton? Tell you? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, well, <clears throat> what I was going to say, Leela, was that, uh, well, I think maybe you and I should have a more platonic relationship. Oh. Uh. What, Throckmorton? A platonic relationship. Oh, Throckmorton, five weeks is too soon for us to be thinking about things like that. <laughs> Leela. Good night, Throckmorton. Calling B-9. Listen, you better bring back that thing you borrowed. No, you get it back here tonight. Listen, don't you get tough with me. My uncle's on the school board now, and he can get you suspended. Leroy! Oh, oh hi, Unc. Wait a minute, Pig. Young man, I'll not have you using my position to bully your friends. Oh, I'm not bullying him, Unc. I'm trying to get him to bring back something. What? 
Something he borrowed. What did he borrow, Leroy? Your electric drill. My electric drill? You tell him to get it back here in five minutes or I'll have him expelled. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> on this program was on the direction of Claude Sweet. And this is Ken Carpenter speaking for the Kraft Cheese Company, inviting you to listen in again next Sunday for the further adventures of the Great Gildersleeve. That's it, huh? No NBC chimes, no nothing? Mm-hmm. Bong, bing, bong. I just did it for you. Ken Carpenter, he was really good at... at- that tool Building box. things. <laughs> he was quite the carpenter, that, that, that Ken Carpenter. I think you kind of muddled that one up a bit. <laughs> I messed it all up. <laughs> September 26, 1943. Well, that's because I've been drinking some of your Roma wines over there. Lightweight. Great Gildersleeve. Hope you enjoyed that time for this month in music history. And this hour is 1971 with this tune. Who is this, Carl? I just I saw the show, Broadway in Chicago, beautiful, the musical. <laughs> Anything? Um, Diana Ross? <laughs> that this era, is, same era. This is Carol King. Oh, Carol King. This is for the 60s, a little bit before Diana Ross. No, Diana Ross was 71. I know, but this is the 60s. You said 1971. I said, Right. No, no, you're right. This song came out in 71, but I'm saying her era really you, was... She said, I'm right. Could you record that and send it to me? I can use it for my ringtone. So, Carl, you're right. Carl, you're right. Carl, you're right. I Feel the Earth Move by Carol King, but she did spend most of the 60s writing songs for other artists. Um, that changed when she released Tapestry in the early 70s. And I Feel the Earth Move peaked at number one on the charts in 71. All right. Excellent. Thanks, Lisa. <laughs> sure. More of Hollywood 360 coming your way. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. In our next hour, it's Frontier Gentleman, starring John Daner from 1958. He was from the Frontier, and he was quite the gentleman. Right, you know? that makes sense. Um, we will also play Quote This. That's right. Where Lisa presents audio quotes from famous songs this time? Well, they're TV theme songs from the television shows. Yeah, and what about them? Yeah, and I'm going to do quotes from those songs, and you're going to tell me what show it, what I'm TV show say, it's from. Oh, okay. I think I can. I think I'll do all right. On I think that. you will too. All right. So that's coming your way in our next hour, and we'll also probably uh, drink some more Roma wines. Oh, for sure. Um, together. She gave me a, a plastic. Uh, <laughs> a little glass Dixie cup. <laughs> full of Roma. You get your own spit cup over she, there. <laughs> she kept. She keeps the whole gallon to herself. Gives me like a little Mike taste and, of Mike it. Mike and I share. We'll be right back. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what can be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. 
To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.